Hello, and welcome to Message in the Middle with Marianne. We all know that life is hard, right? It's messy, it's unpredictable, but it can be wonderful all at the same time. My hope is that we can take a deep dive into self-development topics and explore life's lessons through book clubs, conversations, and interviews. And together, we can uncover the lessons that others have already learned to help us navigate this crazy, wonderful ride called life. Hello and welcome to Message in the Middle with Marianne. Today we're going to tackle part two of my conversation with Carrie Folsom Nygaard. We'll continue the discussion on learning to love your body and yourself and how to change your relationship with food. We'll dig into emotional eating, learning to feel your emotions, how perspective can be a game changer, and getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. And as a reminder, Let me introduce Carrie again. Carrie Folsom Nygaard is the creator of the Freedom with Body and Food program, founder of the Brain Management 101 Life Coaching Practice, a certified life coach, nutrition specialist, and personal trainer. She's a graduate of the Beating Binge Eating program, a previous fitness instructor, and last but probably most important, the mother of six children. Now let's jump in and finish this conversation. So... I want to go to a couple of topics that I know you talk about because I think you have some wisdom you can share. One of them, when you and I connected, we hit on and said we wanted to talk about, which was emotional eating. Because I think at this age demographic, that's something that many of us recognize is one of our patterns. One of the patterns that we've, you know, either overcome or working to overcome. So I'd love to hear, you know, what your advice is on on that. Well, we could do like a whole series of podcasts on this. But I think for sake of time and kind of with the groundwork we've already laid so far, when we go at emotional eating, a lot of this stems from emotional immaturity. I was in my 30s before I even knew what an emotion was. And even now, as 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 I mean, you've done some work, so you you're a leg up on I think most people, but I never knew that an emotion was something that was meant to be felt in my body. I thought it was something to be experienced and thinking up in my head, but it's actually something to be felt in your body. And it, it makes sense because some emotions are uncomfortable and our that lower survival brain will flag anything that's uncomfortable or painful as a problem. So we're already hardwired to avoid anything painful and emotions can be painful. Yes. And also we're taught growing up, stop feeling that, stop crying, suck it up. And there's um, there's resilience. That's one thing. But I would say this emotional awareness piece to be resilient with emotions is to know what they are and how to experience them, which means to understand that when you're lonely and when you're sad and when you're angry and when you're anxious and when you're overwhelmed or frustrated, any of these emotions, all emotions are something that can be experienced in your body. This comes really easy for some, and this takes some practice for others. Just know that a feeling, which is an emotion, a feeling is meant to be felt. And just like our body processes and digests food and expels the rest, right? Our body also knows how to process and feel an emotion. And so what I mean by that is I I have a method called feel, F-E-E-L, and there's similar methods that have the same idea out there in the counseling and therapy and coaching world. But this is my version is that to feel a feeling, we go through the feel emotion. So F is to find it. 
find it in your body. You're going to find a location where the sensation is in your body. The first E is to entertain it, meaning be a host, like create space. Even if it's not a guest that you would like choose, you know, like we all have people that come to our homes and even though they're not our favorite, we're still going to be a good host or hostess too. <laughs> yes. Right. So, all right. I, I wish you weren't here, but I'm going to allow this, right? What are you called? What's your name? We're still going to talk and engage and right. So I want you to be at least, at least civil with your emotions, right? And then I want you to examine it. How would I describe this emotion to someone who's never felt this? What is it like? Is there anything that I think that it's like? And then the L is to let it be. Let the body do what it knows what to do, which is to process and let the emotion lift. And studies on this show that no emotion, well, I say the mass majority of emotions that are felt on a daily basis, there are some that are overriding and more complex and layered like grief. But your regular emotions that you feel every day last no more than 90 seconds. Wow. And so when you know this and then take it to emotional eating, no urge to eat, which is just a desire to eat, right? With urgency, (laughs) it's just an emotion in your body. And so once you get familiar with what it feels like to feel that food urge in your body, and I'm not talking about normal food cues of hunger, like that it's time to eat, drop in blood sugar. I'm talking about emotional hunger to eat. Once you can identify how that fills in your body, then we don't have to engage in resistance or avoidance or answering that urge by eating. We can just go through that F-E-L. We can just feel the feeling of the urge and let it pass. And what happens, and brain science proves this, is that anything we do on repeat becomes our mode of operation. So when we stop answering that urge, like a bell ringing, right? Eat the food, eat the food. And we think for some people, it can be a physical like, oh, I can't breathe till I eat. Or I have this pressure right here and it won't go away until I eat. Or I'm salivate. Like there's something that needs to be itched or scratched or squoze. Or, and, it, and then once I eat, it will be alleviated. But once you can just relax and get out of your head and allow yourself to feel, bring your awareness focused in your body, then you can process that urge. And what happens is that over time, as you repeat that, the brain stops ringing the bell because you're not rewarding it with the food anymore. Anytime we eat, there is a release of feel-good hormones in our brain, dopamine. And that's intended because we are supposed to eat for survival. So there's a release of dopamine when we eat, but there's an extra release of dopamine when we eat like sugars, especially if you combine like a refined carbohydrate with a fat. Oh, that's a really great dopamine hit. And so it makes absolute sense why if you're feeling lonely or bored, or anxious that you would want to be comforted by having a release of dopamine in our brain. It absolutely makes sense. We can absolutely be compassionate about that. The curious part comes in where we're like, huh, what if I just felt this for 90 seconds? And it's to the point now for me after, I mean, it took me probably a couple of weeks of really focusing before I could find that for me, 90% of the time an urge to eat, not from hunger is like a scratchy pressure right here at the top of my chest. And that's what it is. My brain wants to make it mean, oh no, what's going on? But if I just quiet my brain and focus, that's all that it is. And it honestly processes in just a couple seconds. And then I move on with my day. So I don't pause and really focus and go through F-E-E-L, you know, every time. It's more natural now. That's where it began. But now it's like, oh, there's pressure. Yeah. And there it goes. Yeah. That's it. Well, I love that that's an actual physical exercise that you can do in the moment because it forces you to take the pause. Yeah. 
and to examine it. So, and oftentimes if you just take the pause, the moment passes anyway. So two things, you're training yourself, but you're also making yourself stop and take that pause. So I think that's a great, great exercise for people to do. Interesting on the finding the spot that it's coming from, like the physical spot. And you said, I think you were going to say it took a couple of weeks to do that. Is that the norm people usually say? It did for me. Yeah. Because I would just get the cue and I'd either resist it, willpower my through it, or I'd answer it. Resist it or answer. Resist it or answer. It was like this tug of war. What am I going to do? Resist or answer. And I'm just saying, how about we just put the rope down? How about we stop playing tug of war and just allow this slightly uncomfortable emotion? Mm. And it's going to be different for everyone. Some people experience it as a tightness in their throat. Some people a heaviness in their breathing. Some people a hollowness in their stomach, but it's not like true hunger. It's a different type of hollow. Some people experience it as like a burning saliva type feeling. It's different for everyone. And so as you gain that awareness, like you talked about, it's always first step. Yeah. Then we just bring it down to its common denominator, which is just a feeling. Yeah. Brooke Castillo, which is one of my mentors, she says that we don't have an overeating problem but that we have an underfeeling problem. That's valid in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. 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 And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. If anything, it means that your brain is functioning exactly as it's been designed to function. And it's served me well for a lot of years. It's brought me a lot of comfort, but now I'm ready to create something different. Yeah. I think one of the things that it makes me think of too is I've been saying a lot, we have to get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Not that I thought that up, right? But in a lot of these scenarios, I feel like we've just built zero tolerance for being in the uncomfortable space and everything, whether it's around food and eating or it's trying something new or leaning into a new job or a new hobby or whatever. We just haven't had the practice. We move away from it. We don't like that feeling. We've never gotten used to it. And it's a challenge for many of us to just sit in that space yeah. and get get comfortable sitting in that space. So this fits right into that. It's really just allowing ourselves to feel it. Even boredom sometimes, right? We can we can be uncomfortable being bored. But even boredom, what does it mean to actually just feel bored? I actually, boredom's a, one of the first emotions I ever consciously felt. And I, w- I remember I was cleaning in my basement, that same rental house, and <laughs> I was like, oh, I should go eat. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry. Like, I was in this awareness piece, right? I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry. Why should I go eat? And I was like, oh, I'm feeling something because I was getting this urge to go eat. But I'm like, what am I feeling under that? I'm like, what am I feeling? Oh, I'm feeling bored. Okay. Well, what does it mean for me to feel bored? And it's again, everyone experiences every emotion differently. But boredom for me felt like felt like there was just this stiff, bored type feeling, like I, like a physical, like wood board. Yeah in my chest. Oh. And then I thought, I wonder how long it'll hang out here if I just let it be here. And I just laid there. I actually stopped. I did. And I laid down on the couch and I was like, here's the boredom. I was like, okay. And I looked at my watch. I'm like, I wonder what it'll feel like in 30 seconds. And I just became the observer of my emotion rather than being at the effect of it. You got really good at being curious. Yeah. And it's fun. And it doesn't feel hard. It just feels different. Yeah. I like that. Hard is the tug of war, right? Hard is what we're do what what we've been doing. Yeah. Whereas the flow just feels different. So interesting and so impactful to see how perspective can change everything. So interesting. So you're doing this work, you're working with lots of different women. Yeah, it's been great. Mm-hmm. What surprises you? Does anything surprise you anymore in the space of what you hear and see? I think the thing that I learn over and over and over again 
all of us are so much the same. Yes. At our very core, every woman that I coach, every woman that I work with, whether it's one-on-one or in group, at our very core is this deep desire to be enough. Yeah. And it shows up in lots of different ways. But every problem in our life really does come back to this, but am I enough? And when we understand that and hold lots of compassion and unconditional love for that part of ourselves, like that we're all in on that part of ourselves. I know that at my core is this part of me that's always worried if I'm enough. And so when it comes up, I'm like, oh, there it is showing up there. I totally expected you to show Oh, Oh, that's kind of a surprise. It's over here too. (laughs) And just be all in on that. That is what it means to be. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Acceptance compassion and curiosity again. And guess what? Yes. Then we're confident. Well, yeah. Confidence comes, confidence comes not from doing things well. Confidence comes from realizing that we are valuable, even though there's parts of us that aren't quite where we want them to be yet. I love that. It means we're all in on us, even though. Even though, even though. Yes. And it's not a, it doesn't have to be a, but it's an and. Yes. I like that. Before we get into the rest of my questions, I want to give you an opportunity to touch on anything you might want to. So is there anything that we didn't hit on that you think is important to leave with everybody? We hit on so many core pieces (laughs) today. So many core pieces. I think if anything, come back to this place of where any listener right now, wherever you're at in this moment, is exactly where you're supposed to be. You do not have the power to outwit what your journey is supposed to be in this life. And so just realizing that right now in this moment, I'm where I'm supposed to be, even if it feels uncomfortable, even if it's a place that I never thought I thought I would be, even if I wish that I weren't in this place, here I am. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because when you accept where you are at, the obstacles of where you want to go, become less severe, much less severe. Where you're at is not wrong. Where you're at is a teacher and exists for your curriculum and your benefit in this life. But therefore what? I'm going to head in this direction. Mm. So acceptance of where you're at, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And then it becomes so much easier to go where you want to go. So that's the biggest piece. No matter where you're at, no matter if you're looking at weight or food or any other relationship issues in your life or, or other goals you want to achieve, It all really does come back to, even though I want to create something different, it doesn't mean right now is wrong. Yeah, except the what is. Yeah. But dream about what you want it to be. But still lead with your desires. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That makes me think of something that I know I wanted to hit on and that you talk about. And it's when we act the way we want to be, or we talk about ourselves in the way we want to be, see ourselves, that naturally leads us into being having more confidence and being more that specific thing. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, for sure. So from a brain science standpoint, our brain will tell us that we don't get to feel the way we want to feel until we make the changes of someone that reflects the way that we want to feel. So for example, in in the same vein of topic, if If we want to be more confident or feel more acceptable or feel more at peace or feel the relief that happens that we think that we will get to feel when we get to where we want to be with our weight or with this relationship or this job or whatever it is, when this happens, I finally will get to feel X, Y, Z. Okay. 
our brain thinks that we don't get to feel that. It's like a carrot. Once you get here, then you get to feel this. You get to feel all the ways you want to feel. But this is backwards. What we want to do is begin to feel that way now, which is going to kind of create a roadblock for your brain because you're like, how can I feel confident and successful from losing weight before I've actually lost it, right? Yeah. Well, there's ways to, to there's brain hacks and ways and things I teach in order to begin to feel that way now. And I'll give you an example of how that looks. So when I stopped thinking that there was something wrong with my body if she wasn't where I wanted her to be, but that she's exactly where she needs to be. And then to also have goals and still ways I want to go there. It became easier to get there. The difference is that I was moving from what I call high frequency emotions. So if you're a person of faith, this would be like fruits of the spirit type of emotions, right? If you're, and you can adapt this to any type of way of thinking. These high frequency emotions are things like, um, like love, unconditional love, uh, gratitude, um, confidence, um, desire, right? These type of emotions, these have the type of energy to them to fuel internal change from the inside out. And so when you move from those type of emotions, like how does someone act who's feeling grateful and enough? Well, they're fueling their body in accordance with that. And what's the byproduct? They release the weight they want to lose. But with this added benefit, when they get there, they don't have this friction of trying to stay there. They're not like, oh, how do I stay here? Because they always say the hardest thing is maintaining. I don't believe that's the hardest thing. If you've done it the way that I teach, which is to change your internal dialogue, your thoughts and your emotions to already be someone mm. of where you're trying to get. So, and I'll show you how this looks for me. So I used to always tell myself, I never lose any weight unless it's blood, sweat and tears. Every pound comes off with blood, sweat, and tears. I even have a Facebook post that comes up <laughs> periodically to remind me that years ago I used to, you know, sit, think this, but it's not true. And once I changed my way of thinking and began to be in this partnership with my body and began to um, visualize and journal and practice feeling the way in the present moment, the way that I desire or think that I'll get to feel when I've achieved this goal that I have. I practiced feeling that every day. And then what happened was that the, the internal framework changes and then the outside shows. So how this looked was I was just listening to my body. I wasn't on any diet. Yes, I desired to release some weight, but it wasn't, I wasn't buckling down. I was settled into myself. That's how I describe the difference. I was acting from these high frequency emotions. I was journaling, doing all of these things. And I'm like, my pants are getting loose. And I went shopping and I was putting on pants that were sizes that I never even had a goal to be because I didn't think that was possible for me. And I could have cared less. Mm. Like, honestly, I laughed. I bought a couple pair of new pants that were in a size I never even, like, I just wasn't, it wasn't on my radar that my body had the ability to be there. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I called my best friend and I died laughing. I said, you'll never guess. I was like, I just bought size, whatever. And I don't even care. I don't get to feel any different than what I already feel. Mm. So there's no friction to stay there because I've changed from the inside out. I've become. So maintaining isn't the hard part because I've become all along the way. It isn't a lose weight quick. 
it's a become all along the way. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thanks for that example. Yeah. This has been fantastic. I think I could talk to you forever. Yeah, it's been so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all your expertise with us. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. If you enjoyed the episode, please do us a favor and drop a review or share it with a friend. And if you missed the first half, check out the link. It'll be in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Message in the Middle with Marianne. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to share it and write a review as it helps bring new listeners to our audience. If you'd like to keep the conversation going between episodes, please join us at Facebook group Message in the Middle with Marianne.